I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, welcome back. It's Allison. I cannot believe that summer is gone and that we are already facing back to school. And what an unusual back to school this one is. So I have put out a request for questions on my social media accounts. If you aren't following me, I am at Allison Schaefer on Twitter, Facebook, and um, Instagram. So here's some questions that have come in. I am worried my kids will fall behind doing online. My kids are in grade one and two French immersion and grade five. Also worried that being away from school and their friends this long could cause some social and academic issues after this is all over. And I think there's so many people that are worried about that very same thing. So what are we going to do? I would say first and foremost that um, if you feel like your kids are not thriving online, let's uh, see about some options that could happen for you there. One might be that we find that the pandemic, the numbers keep coming down and keep coming down and you maybe change your mind and you find out when the school will allow a new entrance of kids if that's a possibility in your area. It could be that you decide that doing online is not the greatest solution, so you want to find a different method of online. And what I mean by that is there's, you know, there's so many different variations. There is synchronous, there is asynchronous, um, there are people that are augmenting what the school has created, what the individual teacher has created with other programs that, you know, there's been on, there's been K to 12 online learning for years. And so there's people that could be experts at delivering the curriculum for grade five that, that your grade five teacher you know, doesn't have access to or didn't know about as they scramble to put together a curriculum. So I would say go out and look for other online um, learning platforms if you feel that that your kid's not engaging with that one. Or, you know, other people are doing uh, bubbles where they've got more more face-to-face, more kids coming together. You know, I've uh, heard about, you know, kids 
taking over a, like an RV trailer in, in a neighborhood and the parents rotating to kind of, they're not professional teachers, but at least they're there to help the kids and go through the curriculum or whatever. So you may have to just be really creative about how you're going to want to augment that. And um, I invite you to be creative. I guess my optimism comes from the fact that I don't particularly love our education system. And I'm quite thrilled that we're challenging it and that the old ways are, are, are coming down, to tell you the truth. I think anything that you do creatively could potentially be a step in the right direction towards doing something better for our kids. And then in terms of the social piece, you know, it, we've talked about this a lot. You know, how are the kids going to do? They're, they're, they're not with their friends. I, I think we have to look at this from what creates issues, what creates damage. We don't want our kids to feel socially isolated or that they are, and what I mean by that is to feel like an outsider, to feel estranged, to feel that we don't have connections. So, you know, you can be missing your friends and feel lonely for your friends, but that's a different sensation than feeling I'm not likable. I don't have friends. I can't make friends. And so I think we have to talk about this, you know, in in two different stressors for kids uh, and finding other ways for our kids to be social. And I've talked about this with, you know, maybe having more access to screen time so that they can whatever, do social games or, or text or FaceTime with their friends. But I think as things are starting to open up, we're seeing more little uh, play groups, people playing at the park. Some of the sports are coming back. So we're not in full lockdown like we were before. And uh, even when we were in lockdown, at least we had the opportunity for kids to be social uh, within within the family. So Yes, it's going to be a little social stressor for them in terms of, you know, um, you know, my friends went back to grade five and I'm doing it at home and I've got kind of like FOMO, fear of missing out. And maybe my best friend is going to make a new best friend because they're together all the time having common experiences at school. So there'll be some juggling. But so long as that person feels like your son feels like they, they have friends, they're staying in touch with friends, you're finding other ways for them to be social um, from six feet apart birthday parties and, and those extracurriculars that are allowed, that it's should be sufficient. It's not it's not ideal, but I I don't think this idea that you're gonna like lag behind or be damaged. And certainly with our teenagers, they have a greater imperative to to find their place in their social groups, but they've also got more ability to do it in terms of um uh, they're savvy around social media and texting and and FaceTiming more than our little people do that that uh, don't connect as well that way. Um, so Make accommodations as best you can, and the stuff that's out of our control is out of our control. And I really do believe that, um, you know, because we have the the power of the creativity of the human, that we are, we are meaning makers. We'll decide whether or not this was something that was – that really – hurt us, took a toll on us. But for many people, these these changes will just be a really interesting story in the narrative of their life. You know, yeah, when I was a little kid, we used to go to school with masks on and it was really cool. And my teacher really liked me and or, you know, we did everything online and it was really fun because my mom was home all day. And we don't know we, what what they decide to make of it is is really up to their own creation. So I think staying positive and doing what we can is is all we can ask of ourselves. Number two, 
All of the news, radio ads, and people in the neighborhood are saying that going back isn't safe. It's really taking a toll on my already anxious nine-year-old. I'm trying to remind her that there is always some risks, but we are taking precautions and we are doing what is best for our family. She is starting to say that we must not love her as much as the other parents love their kids. I know how she is lashing out um, because she is so anxious, and we keep just trying to be consistent with spending one-on-one time with her and talking about it. But do you have any other advice? So there are children who already had some pre-existing anxiety issues. And it is not uncommon when we look at at things that uh, people get anxious about. Health issues, being getting sick, being sick, worrying about your body is a very common fear, uh, source of anxiety for people. And so those people are being just that much extra challenged with uh, the pandemic. And if it, it really, I would say everybody could benefit from getting some um, support around their anxiety so that they don't suffer. But one of the ways that we really look at it is, you know, is it interfering with their functioning? And you will know whether or not how much this is interfering with your relationship with her, whether or not she can actually get into the classroom, and uh, whether she's just full on panic attacks and so hijacked emotionally by this that she can't learn. Um, and then we'd have to really look at, at how we can help her with that anxiety. Um, but other kids are just like, I'm just kind of anxious anyways, and I, I, you know, I don't like new things, and I don't like scary things. And in that case, if we're still in that sort of category of, of distress around it, I think you're doing a wonderful job of just, you know, you'll be fine. We wouldn't, we wouldn't make this decision if we didn't have your best interest at heart. I mean, she makes a good call here. At, you know, you must not love me. That's, that's a pretty good... Um, a good rebut if you're really trying to make your parent feel bad. Um, but I think that the the proof will be in the in the getting there on the first day. And you might want to ask her, uh, you know, again, reviewing more about how we know she's going to be safe. And so um, so there, there could be some education. People will stay six feet apart. Everybody's wearing masks. Everyone's going to sanitize their hands. Uh, that we wouldn't, t- we wouldn't be making this decision if we hadn't researched um, the safety behind it. All those things that you're, that you're calmly saying to her about how we, we know that. And then you can talk to her about when she gets anxious, um, ways to, to move away from anxious thinking, maybe move more into her body and away from her thoughts and give her just some, some classic sort of, you know, deep breathing, progressive relaxation, um, you know, burning off her anxiety with lots of good exercise and, um, sort of helping her ride the wave of that anxious state that goes by. There's a wonderful podcast website that's got children's um, mindfulness meditation uh, that help with anxiety. There's many, but the one I really like is is kidsevolve.ca. And um, so there's some specific guided meditations on there. And um, so it might be just a matter of helping her with that emotional regulation to kind of to kind of ride it out. So I think so much of what you're doing is is already uh, quite, uh, quite great. And so uh, good on you. And it's hard to raise an anxious kid. I've been down that path myself. So I, I know how, it, how, how much time it, uh, and energy it takes for the parent. 
All right, so here we go. Um, My daughter had a very hard time when she started school at age four. Lots of crying, not wanting to go in the morning, etc. Now sending off my middle daughter. How do I avoid this or address it this time around? Well, for those of you who don't know, I actually have um, helped consult and open two nursery schools uh, here in Toronto and, you know, spent years in the classroom at a preschool myself. So I have been that parent dropping off my kid. I have also been the teacher receiving those kids. And what I can tell you is that um, I'm a big advocate for what's called the, the, the happy, snappy goodbye. And um, so it's very common for kids who have a hard time transitioning they can't remember that school is fun, or in this case, they don't even know what school is about. Um, but the only way to get into the class and get settled down and get distracted and get busy doing things is to actually get off your mother's leg or your father's leg, whoever's dropping you off. And again, you'll notice that often, you know, you will hear that the kids don't cry and fuss as much when one parent drops them off compared to another parent. That a lot of this is not so much about their actual fear of the unknown or, you know, separation anxiety. This this is really, uh, we talk about the usefulness of behavior. There's a lot of carrying on uh, for that parental attention, and it sometimes delays the drop-off because suddenly you're down on your knees and you're comforting them, and then you're trying to get them in the class, and then you stay in the class for 20 minutes. I never let the parents in my classroom, by the way. I always like, nope, at the door, that's it. And in fact, when we sort of would make an agreement saying, hey, you know what, sometimes drop-offs is a little bit teary. Um, so we're going to just sort of, if you could help me out, um, or if we work on this together, teacher and parent, that we'll have a nice little goodbye, a nice little hug, and then I will help remove her from your body. It kind of takes two if you got a really, you know, kid holding on tight. And we just keep our attitudes really positive. So you have to talk to the teacher in advance. And um, that's okay. That's all right. Mommy's coming back. She'll see you at lunch. We're going to go have fun. Let's go get into our classroom and see our friends and, you know, pick a toy from the toy area and get those two apart in that door closed. And what you'll find is that kids actually settle down in the classroom quickly. So now you've taken what could have been 20 minutes of tears if mom stuck around to only being five minutes of tears if mom goes. So sticking around is not helpful in in these cases. And so again, speak to the teacher in advance, hatch a little plan so that the teacher can help get her in. And um, and once inside, those teachers just get them distracted, get them busy doing something. Um, play is, is difficult for little people, but it's easier to give them tasks like, can you go pick up that teddy bear and put it on the shelf? Can you push all the chairs in around our snack table or get them doing individual play? Can you pick a puzzle and start working on, on, a, on a puzzle? Um, that's something that they know how to do. It gives them their focus. It gives them their attention. But just like standing there and saying, like, play with somebody when you're a little kid is like, oh, that's like us going into a cocktail party. And <laughs> it's uh, kids are better at parallel play in the beginning until they sort of bond and gel and, and make friendships and things. So I would give them a, a more definitive task. And I wouldn't assume that your middle daughter is going to go at this differently than than your other daughter. Different kids have different personalities, and she might not find this um, as difficult of a transition as your first one. So, um, so good luck with that, and um, and trust that those that transition. Every kid has done it. Um, the kids turn out fine. Preschool is um, and school is a, a great fun place, and um, and we just have to have faith, faith in faith in them, faith in that we're taking them somewhere that they're going to benefit from, and trust that they will get over the emotional transition. Again, here's another one: how to help my four year old transition to JK with the added stress of the pandemic. <laughs> uh, so much like the first question. 
the the idea that you you can't practice you just have to begin there that there is no better learning than just going ahead and doing it <laughs> uh, I think that if you're going to be helpful in terms of like preparing your child, I again having a positive attitude, um, seeing anything that you could know about that you might. So I would, for example, if it's a new school, maybe you go to the school and you play in the playground so that you can see the building. If you know another little buddy that might be going into that same classroom, um, you might have a um, an opportunity to walk with that same playmate and. Um, I certainly think that every parent before they're dropping their kid off has to have taught their their kids some some basic independence skills. So, you know, can they hang up their own coat? Can they put put their own slippers and shoes on when they're in the classroom? Can they wash their hands and turn the tap on and off and, you know, those kind of basic um basic skills for for independence? Can they follow instruction? You know, when when you say line up, can your child follow a simple instruction? I know some of you are going like, ah, I, you know, some kids have some behavior issues and, um, you know, now's going to be the time where you might be thinking about taking a parenting class and I will be getting some online parenting classes uh, up and running this fall. So keep an eye open for that. Um, but other than that, having that positive attitude is really the most important piece at this point. A lot of people have been talking about getting kids accustomed to wearing those those face masks. I think the littlest ones tend to um, be the most open to it so long as it's comfortable. I think it's being comfortable that's the problem. Get one that's fun, you know, dinosaurs or superheroes or something. And try different models because some of them are really just hard to breathe through. I, I've had all kinds of different models. I have definitely discovered my preferred one. And again, you know, you can look at things like they don't have to be attached around the ears. You might have buttons on a hairband that you can tie it to. I've seen some that have adjustable cords so that you can change the tension on those little ear pieces. So just play around with that. I think that's going to be one of the uh, that's going to be one of our biggest challenges is, you know, they don't like wearing sunblocks. They don't like wearing hats when they go outside. This is just one more of those things that we're just like, yep, that's what we got to do. That's just part of the game plan now. And um, we don't have to assume that they're going to freak out about that. But that is something that um, is going to have to practice on. Well, and the last question here is teachers may be anxious, too. How do I talk to my kids when they feel their teacher's anxiety? Well, we don't, this is written in the, the teachers may be anxious. So I'm assuming that your kid has not gone back to, to school. Um, I know a lot of teachers are anxious. That is true. I think the best thing is just to talk about it. You know, I think everybody's feeling a little on edge. It's going to take a while for everybody to settle in. And um, sometimes when somebody's sad, we feel sad for them. Sometimes when somebody's happy, we feel happy with them. And sometimes when people are anxious, we kind of feel anxious. And that's because we're empathetic people. But um, that's now that we're picking up on those feelings, what do we need to do to calm and soothe ourselves? And what are things that we could do that would be helpful for our teacher? And so we each have to look after our own emotional regulation again. And again, I think that using some of those guided meditations is great. But I would say if the, the teacher um, might, if you're a teacher listening to this, we might be putting that as part of our curriculum, that we, um, I think more classes need to have time in the day that is dedicated to our mental health and to reducing anxiety. And how great would it be if 
every morning we started the day with doing a guided meditation together and talk about the fact that, um, you know, we all need to be mindful of our of our emotions and calm ourselves and set ourselves up for a good day ahead. And I would just sort of address it head on. Um, of course, if it's, you know, like like I've said with any of the other ones, you know your child best. And if you feel that the situation is not healthy for them, then you need to advocate for them and either see if they can get moved to a different classroom or go to an online module or whatever you need to do. But we also have to have faith in our kids' robust ability to, to bounce back. And we all have the capacity to live with a little anxiousness. We also all have the skills to be able to to calm our minds. All of life has some risks as we remind ourselves that this is a new risk and it seems fresh and it's been dramatic and it's been all over the news. But when we put our kids in a car with a car seat, you know, that has airbags, we're still going down the highway. We still don't know where the other drivers are going. We still don't know if we're going to have brake failure, if someone's going to T-bone us. I mean, we're all, there's always there's always risk to life, but we can't be completely paralyzed by it. We can just be smart about it. We can drive safely. We can use our seatbelts. Uh, we can stay, go the speed limit. We can be alert, aware drivers, and that's the same. You know, we can go to school, follow the rules, wash our hands, uh, stay in our bubbles, and all those good things. And, uh, and the one thing that we know is that when we follow those rules, we don't get sick. That's the thing. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no mystery. There's no mystery there. Just we need to just follow the rules. So, um, hopefully that has been helpful, and um, we will see you next week. Keep sending in those questions. Happy back to school. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H Two O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.